and welcome to the Alligator Podcast, where we break down the latest news from the University of Florida, Gainesville, and around the state. I'm Valeria Antonchuk at the Independent Florida Alligator. In this episode, we're bringing you a roundup of the top headlines you should know heading into this week. We're looking at the University of Florida's plans to create an auto-free zone on campus, how Florida's new budget pertains to Alachua County, and more from sports, the avenue, and state news. This episode was recorded on Saturday, June 12th at 12.30 p.m. Let's get to the news. In University of Florida news, UF plans to create an auto-free zone on campus as part of an effort to increase traffic safety and sustainability. The Alligators' Camila Pereira reports the university will implement an 86-acre bicycle and pedestrian zone in the heart of campus. Construction for two gateway projects, the Newell and Northeast Gateway projects, is set to begin late this summer. The projects are intended to increase pedestrian access between UF's campus and the city. The zone will limit vehicles in the northeastern corner of campus access along Buckman Drive. An inner road, which was formerly a one-way road, will now become a two-way road to maintain transit access. And that is according to the UF Transportation and Parking Strategic Plan. A new paved walkway uniting the Plaza of the Americas and Rights Union lawn will replace current roadways. UF will eliminate some scooter and vehicle parking within the new auto-free zone on campus to accommodate the construction. Some students and faculty have expressed concerns about whether this parking loss will make it harder to find a parking spot on campus. UF's Transportation and Parking Strategic Plan recommends reallocating lost parking to areas surrounding the bicycle and pedestrian zone. RTS bus routes are also expected to be rerouted around the zone. For more details on the project, check out the full story at alligator.org. Governor Ron DeSantis signed Florida's latest state budget on June 2nd, approving $101 billion to be distributed around the state. DeSantis approved two proposals in Gainesville and vetoed two others. In Alachua County, the Alligators' Alexander Lugo reports the budget will help fund projects like a sports complex, youth shelter replacement facility, and a one-time bonus of $1,000 for full-time teachers and first responders. The two other vetoed proposals in Gainesville would have funded transportation and medical resources for vulnerable residents. State Representative Chuck Lemons requested state funding for the youth shelter replacement and sports complex. $600,000 in the budget is included for the proposed Alachua County Youth Shelter Replacement, intended to help keep children out of the criminal justice system. Another $2.3 million were allocated to the North Central Florida Regional Sports Complex, expected to be built in Celebration Point. The primary source of funding for the complex is $30 million of Alachua County's tourism tax funds and $35 million from the private company funding the Celebration Point development. Clemens suggested this is a great economic development opportunity. Some critics, however, like Commissioner David Ariola, voiced concerns about the decision to prioritize funding to the complex over other projects in East Gainesville. From the Avenue, a local artist is selling upcycled home decor with a focus on sustainability. Gainesville resident Chase Morris created her online business, The Homebody, in August 2020, repurposing old furniture that otherwise may have landed in the dumpster. In addition to repurposed items, the homebody also carries DIY supplies and offers services like home makeovers, largely based on online consultations. Check out the full story by The Avenue's Carter Nancy in the Avenue section of The Alligator. 
In sports news, the final beam of the new Hevner Football Center was placed at a ceremony Tuesday. The Alligators' Jesse Richardson reports UF Athletic Director Scott Strickland and head football coach Dan Mullen spoke about the new project at Tuesday's event, discussing goals and possibilities for the 142,000-square-foot facility. The new facility is expected to include amenities like a golf simulator, recording studio, swimming pools, and more for student-athletes. As always, you can read these stories and more at alligator.org. Moving on to some state news, a shooting at a Publix in Royal Palm Beach left three people dead Thursday, including the gunman. Now, the Associated Press reports the gunman who fatally shot a grandmother and her one-year-old grandson had previously made Facebook threats. A Florida sheriff said the shooter had been making threats to kill people, including children, on his Facebook page for some time. No one reported him. Florida's so-called red flag law allows law enforcement agencies to seek an order from a judge to temporarily seize the firearms of anyone deemed dangerous to themselves or others. In other Florida news, the state has become the latest to ban critical race theory in schools, joining a growing number of states taking steps to limit teachings about systemic racism. According to CNN, the Florida State Board of Education unanimously approved the amendment to ban critical race theory Thursday, following hours of debate and public comment. The amendment defines critical race theory as, quote, the theory that racism is not merely the product of prejudice, but that racism is embedded in American society and its legal systems in order to uphold the supremacy of white persons. In a tweet, Governor Ron DeSantis wrote, quote, critical race theory teaches kids to hate our country and to hate each other. It is state-sanctioned racism and has no place in Florida schools. Scholars of critical race theory say it is an examination of how Americans' history of racism and discrimination continues to impact American society today. The amendment also bans material from the 1619 Project, which is a piece of Pulitzer Prize award-winning journalism from the New York Times that reframes American history around the date the first slave ship arrived on American colonies, August 1619. Several other states like Idaho, Oklahoma, Tennessee, and Iowa have pushed similar initiatives. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this, follow the podcast on Spotify and check back for new episodes out every Sunday night. You can also keep up with the latest news from The Alligator on Twitter at The Alligator and subscribe to our newsletter at alligator.org. I'm Valeria Antonchuk and this is The Alligator Podcast. Have a great week.